Take your Bible this morning and turn with the Gospel of John. While you're doing that, let me remind you that uh, the, the offering buckets are still at the door there. And uh, appreciate again your continued uh, faithfulness with, uh, with the offering uh, during all this. Or uh, again, remind you, you can text uh, 73256, the word poplar. And uh, you can uh, give that way. And again, it'll go uh, directly in. You get posted to your giving statement, and everything will be done. And so it uh, works really well. And also, as we go out this morning, uh, I think it's a basket. I'm like, uh, like Tony, I can't see that far, but I think there's a basket sitting there. Uh, the, uh, you can put, uh, take up a love offering for Tony for his ministry. Uh, and also, uh, he has uh, his CD set up back there. And so uh, you can stop by and uh, see what, uh, what all uh, is available. He's selling some of his favorite CDs, the Gaithers, um, uh, the, <laughs> the best ones you've got, right? The Gaithers, uh, you know, the, the Gold City. Some, you're selling the best CDs you've got. That's, uh, and so they're, uh, they're back there. All right, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Uh, we come this morning uh, to the final passage of, uh, of uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, I, I hope you have uh, grown as uh, we have walked through a complete uh, Gospel. Um, it, um, I, it is something I have I've taught through books uh, at uh, Wednesday night or Sunday night. I've never really preached through one, I don't guess. Well... Jude, I don't think counts because that's like half a page. But uh, to preach through a whole book, um, but uh, it forces uh, forces us to look at maybe some topics uh, that we don't uh, don't necessarily uh, always deal with. Uh, any preacher, if they're honest, will tell you they they get on a few topics and they stay there. When you go uh, straight through the book, you got to deal with whatever God dealt with and. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, preached through the book of Luke a while back uh, and uh, came across, uh, there's two different sections in the book of Luke uh, that deal with divorce. And uh, he skipped the first one uh, and, he, <laughs> and was going to skip over it. And then he had to deal with it anyway because it comes back up. Uh, and so uh, this morning we'll uh, look at this uh, last passage uh, in, uh, in the gospel. I want to speak to you this morning on uh, on this topic on the four F's of following. Uh, I want to give you four things that uh, are required if we're going to be uh, followers uh, of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to assume uh, that to some level... Uh, you want to follow Jesus uh, or you wouldn't be here. Uh, you, you'd be somewhere else this morning. And so uh, at some level, uh, you want to follow Christ. Some uh, more than others probably, but uh, these are uh, four things as we see these final words uh, here in this chapter uh, that Jesus shares 
uh, with Peter. Uh, Peter is, uh, is an interesting character, uh, and uh, he gets these final, uh, final directions, final, uh, final instructions, and we're going to see one uh, kind of final, uh, you know, Peter's, Peter's one who every now and then, uh, he, he puts his mouth in gear before he engages his brain. Uh, and we're going to see one last example uh, of that in these uh, final uh, few verses. And so, uh, as we look together uh, at, uh, at this beginning uh, this morning in verse, uh, verse 18, uh, again, we are in this uh, section that is really a, uh, an epilogue uh, to the Gospel of John. Uh, if it wasn't for this chapter, uh, th- this last uh, section of John, uh, we would have no... When, when we got to Pentecost, we'd be like, wait a minute, is that the same guy uh, that we read about uh, who denied Jesus? Th- this tells us uh, what transformed, what changed uh, the Apostle Peter uh, and, uh, and got him uh, on the right road. And so this morning as uh, we look at this again, there's uh, these four things that, uh, that I want you to see. Uh, that are requirements, and uh, you can't choose. This is not uh, K and W. You don't get to decide. I want two of them. Uh, these are four things that uh, all four are necessary to be a uh, a, a faithful uh, follower uh, of Jesus Christ. And one of them is uh, just that: to always be faithful. To always be faithful. Look what Jesus says uh, to Peter. Uh, as they're going along, uh, Jesus tells him, uh, beginning in verse 19, he says, you know, one day you were young and you used to dress yourself and walk, go wherever you wanted to. Uh, but now when you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands uh, and another will dress you and, uh, and take you where you don't want to go. Now, there's a lot of discussion uh, about exactly uh, what Jesus was talking about uh, when he was speaking uh, to Peter here was uh, he just speaking about Peter's life in general that uh, just like uh, with everyone else that as Peter got old he was going to need uh, some help to get around uh, was he saying uh, that uh, as Peter got older and uh, he was going to be uh, uh, arrested and uh, uh, for his faith, which we know uh, that he was. Uh, but but either way, I think the point is uh, that we have to make is that uh, Peter is being told you're going to be led by someone. Uh, we can debate whether or not it's talking about just the natural effects of aging, whether we're talking about uh, the, his arrest and uh, ultimate uh, death, whatever. Uh, but although I don't know that we've accomplished anything if we determine that. The point, I think, is this. Jesus says to Peter, you're going to be late. You're going to have to follow somebody. Uh, and if you'll notice, uh, this is surrounded by two different occasions where Jesus uh, says to Peter, follow me. Uh, and so if we're going to be uh, followers of Jesus Christ, uh, then the requirement is, is that we are always faithful. In other words, if you're going to follow Jesus, you can't just follow Him on Sunday. You just can't follow Him when it's convenient. Uh, you can't just follow Him 
when He's leading you where you wanted to go uh, in the first place. Every time, uh, every time we sing that old hymn, wherever He leads, I go. Uh, I kind of, I kind of snicker. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I, I find that humorous when we sing that. Wherever He leads, I'll go. Uh, you know, immediately after singing, wherever He leads, I'll go. We should have an altar call. So people can come and confess lying, uh, yeah, because we, we won't go. Uh, yeah, that's just simply not true. We will go where He leads if He leads us where we wanted to go in the first place. Yeah, if He leads us to the, uh, to the dairy bar, to the ice cream stand, let's go Jesus. Uh, but if He leads us next door uh, to witness to our neighbor, if He leads us next door uh, to, uh, to, to give uh, you know, away some, some of our hard-earned money to someone in need, then it's a different leading. If, if we're going to follow Jesus, uh, then we are to be always faithful. Peter, if you're going you're to be led, he doesn't say you're going to be led part of the time. He says you're going to be led uh, always. In other words, it requires total commitment. If I say to you, I'm going to follow you uh, we're, we're, after service today, we're going to go to wherever. You know, and I, I don't know where we're going, so I'm going to follow you then what do I have to do? I have to follow you the entire way. I can't follow you half the trip, or a fourth of the trip, or three-fourths of the trip. If I'm going to arrive at my destination where I, where I said I wanted to go, then I have to follow you for the entire trip. To follow somebody requires total Commitment. If I say I'm going to follow you to the beach, and we start off down 52, and we get down to about Sherrall, and you turn left and I turn right, I'm not even sure where you end up if you turn right in Sherrall. You may fall off the end of the earth. I don't know. Uh, you know but following requires a, a total commitment. Peter, you're going to be led some places you don't want to go. Peter, you're going to be led some places that you don't like. But you're going to have to be faithful and follow me through all of those places. Listen, what Christ, what Christ needs today, what the church needs today is, to, is, is those simple words to be always faithful. To be always faithful. We need that in the church. We need that as individuals, that we follow Him, that we are totally uh, committed. When Peter was young, well, let's think about what he says. When Peter was young, he got up and, and, and he put on whatever he wanted to. We were looking for a picture the other day. Uh, one of David's favorite outfits when he was about three, four years old was shorts cowboy boots, and a towel tied around his neck like a cape. That was his, one of his favorite outfits. You know, when, when you're young, you can get away with that. If you show up in cowboy boots, shorts, and a towel around your neck, it will have you locked up. You know, uh, you know, when you're young, you pretty well do what you want to do. I, I tell a lot of young people, I hear them uh, complain. 
Uh, you know, a lot of the schools today have gone to wearing uniforms. And listen, you might as well suck it up and get used to it. You're going to be told what to wear your whole life. It may not be a uniform, but you, you know, if you, you know, I don't care where you, if you go to jail, they're going to give you a uniform. They're going to tell you what to wear. You know, if you get a job, they're going to give you a uniform or a dress policy. You're going to be told what to wear the rest of your life. When he was young, you know, when you're young, you can get away with, you know, you don't have to match. You know, you can wear, you know, your Easter suit, you know, Easter 76 and Easter 83. You know, it doesn't matter. Just mix them up and go. But the older you get, the more you get boxed in and you get lit. When Peter was young, he could wear what he wanted to, do what he wanted to. You know, know, when you're young, you know, the boundaries seem to be uh, a a lot less. You know, you you do things as a young child and and people look at him, look at you and go, well, he don't know any better. You know, but but the older you get, the more you get confined and you get directed. And as he gets older, he has to live his life as the Spirit directs. He has to live his life according to the Word of God. As he de- he has to be faithful. Listen, if we're going to be a follower of Christ, it means that we are always faithful. We're looking for His leadership. All, in, in all things, in where we work, in our homes, in our marriages, in our church, that we are always faithful to the leadership of God. If you're not faithful to the leader, then you're not a follower. I, I don't know what that makes you. It, it, at, at worst, it makes you rebellious. At best, it makes you a wannabe leader. But unless we are faithful to the leader, then we're not really a follower. And when it comes, again, we, we need to, we, that, that thought needs to, to permeate everything we do. It needs to permeate our churches. We need to be faithful in our churches. It's not about what you want or what I want or what, you know, it's not even, listen, God help us as Baptists, it's not even about what the majority wants. We've made so many decisions in Baptist churches because majority rules. Well, sometimes the majority is a bunch of knuckleheads. I clean that up from what thought ran through my mind. Listen, the majority said we can't take Canaan. Just Joshua. Just Caleb said we can. The majority... It's almost 80% if you do the math said we can't take the promised land. Listen, it's not about what the majority wants. It's not about what a certain group of powerful people in the church wants. It's not what the preacher wants. not what the deacon wants. If we're going to be followers of Christ, we're faithful to Him. And the way He leads. What He wants. We're always faithful. I always faithful. But then the second thing that uh, I notice in this text, the second characteristic, the second F, is, is this. We are, and this, this ties in a little bit to what I just said, but alertly following. Look in verse, uh, verse 19. Jesus says to him, 
again, he says it again. He says, said to him, what kind of death he would glorify. And after this, he said to him, follow me. This is the second time in seconds, in a moment, that Jesus has said, follow me. We have to alertly follow. In other words, we have to pay attention. If you're going to be always faithful, you've got to be alert. Yeah. If I'm going to follow you, you ever, you ever follow somebody in a car? Yeah. You ever tried to follow somebody somewhere? And if you're not careful, especially, obviously, if you're following them, you probably don't know where you are. But a lot of times when you're following somebody, what happens? You're in an area you're not familiar with, and you start kind of... Yeah, look, and the next thing they know, you look out and the person you were following, they gone. They're gone. Listen, if you were following someone to get to a location, and you were going through an area that you were unfamiliar with, and let's just be honest, we all know there are some areas you look at, you go through, and you may be wrong, but just look, and this looks like a pretty rough neighborhood. How do you follow? Do you stay back about two blocks, or do you get up in their trunk? Yeah. It's one thing to follow them through some nice area and you're looking around, sightseeing. But man, it's a little bit dark and it, you know, the sun's going down and you don't have a clue where you are. And, you know, there's some rough looking characters standing around. Shh. You ever notice you, you turn down the radio a little bit because somehow or another the radio being turned up blocks your vision. Yeah. But you tune right in on them. They, they, they go through the light and the light turns red. You run the light. Ain't stopping. Somebody steps out in front of you. Ain't stopping. You follow. You, you, you're right on them. You pay attention. They change lanes, you change lanes. Yeah. They run over that guy pushing the buggy, you run over him. You know, you, just, you, know, you Zero in on him. Why? Because you don't want to be left behind. When we follow Christ, we alert. Listen, that, that, what, you, what I'm getting at is this. We follow every little thing he says. We don't go through and pick out and say, well, I like this page. You know, as Baptists, we get all tore up when people start taking and denying the Word of God and questioning the authenticity, the inerrancy of the Word of God. What's the difference in taking part of it and living by part of it and ignoring part of it? Isn't that the same thing? Maybe even worse. We put our eyes on Christ... And we follow Him, and we watch for His every move. We want to go where He leads. We want to go 
when He leaves. That may be the biggest thing. You know, I, I, I shared with you before, you know, my, my childhood thing, you know, and it may not even be childhood, it may still be adult thing. You know, do this, wait a minute. You know, listen, I, uh, and, and what's bad is if my kids tell me, wait a minute, I say, I don't want to wait a minute. If I want to wait a minute, I don't wait a minute to tell you. I told you now because I want it done now. We follow Him alertly. We're always faithful. Third thing, notice what happens. Peter's feeling, I, I, what, what I think is going on here, is Peter's kind of, you know, Jesus and Peter have been having this conversation for a few minutes. And all the other disciples are standing there going, and Peter, I, I think, is getting a little, Let's talk about somebody else for a minute. You know, let, let, you know, what about what is that? You know, and look what he does. In, in, in this next verse, he says to him, he looks around, verse 20, he looks around and he sees the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's, that's John. And, and he said, he, he's the one that was leaned, leaned against him during the supper. And he said, Peter looked at him and he said, What about him? Now, that isn't classic. Peter, follow me. What about him? Yeah. What about him? Classic. Look what Peter, look what Jesus says to him. Jesus is pretty, pretty blunt with him. What about this man? And Jesus says to him, if it's my will that he remain till I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Let me translate that for you. Peter, and none of your business what I do with John. You follow me. Peter, it's none of your business what happens with him. You worry about you. In other words, the third F is focus. Focus. It's, listen, it's none of my business. It's not up to me. What Tony sings or where Tony sings. It's my business to be where God wants Jimmy to be, preaching what Jimmy wants, what God wants Jimmy to preach. It's not my business to worry about what some other church is doing or some other pastor's doing. It's not my business to worry about whether Archie's following God or not. It's my business to tend to my business. Focus on where he wants me to be. Listen, isn't that classic though? Peter starts getting a little uncomfortable. Jesus starts getting all under his skin a little bit. And Peter, what about him? And that's classic. Let me, let me kind of put that in some modern terms for you today. Well, I know I'm not everything I ought to be, but I'm not as bad as Melissa. Isn't that... Isn't that it? That's the same. That's exactly what Peter just took John right under the bus, put it in reverse, right over him. He just threw John all under the bus. John's sitting there minding his business. He's just recording what happened so he can write it down later in, in the gospel. He hadn't said a word. He is the youngest in the crowd. He's minding his business. He looks around and says... I'm going to pick on the kid in the group. What about him? Jesus says, don't worry about what John does. 
Don't worry about where John is. You ask this question. Am I where I'm supposed to be? Can I tell you something? Minding our business would benefit most of us spiritually and otherwise. Minding our business wouldn't just help most of us spiritually. It'd help us in a whole lot of other areas too. Peter, you don't worry if John lives forever. What's that to you? You do what I've called you to do. And so the question this morning is if we're going to be followers of Christ, is that simple question. Are we doing what He's called? Are you fulfilling His will for your life? Are you where He wants you to be? Are you the believer? Are you living the life He has called you to live? That's the question. We are to be faithful. We are to be following. But we are, again, you can't follow if you don't focus. Again, same thing. When you're following somebody, what do you do? If you're a little bit concerned, and you, put, you, you focus on, you know, you memorize. Now, again, you, you follow somebody in a car, you memorize the rear end of their car. I mean, down to the little scratch. You know their license tag number. The little sticker that says where they bought the car from. You could pick their car out of a parking lot full. You have zeroed in on that car. Because I don't want to be lost in, in, in this neighborhood. Focus. I want to be focused. I want to find, I want to do God's will for my life. See, here's what, here's what I have to understand and you do too. <clears throat> if I don't find and do God's will for my life, who does that affect and keep from being able to find and do God's will? If you as a parent or a husband or a wife or on your job, if you don't focus on the will of God that He has for you, how many other people will be affected by you not finding His will? Use Tommy sitting there, or Darren, business owners, employees under him. It is imperative that they find and do the will of God for their life because there are people around them who depend on that. Little Tommy, Norma Jean, and 400 grandbabies, they all, they're, they're looking to their grandfather. If he doesn't find and do the will of God in his life, what happens down the chain? What happens if Archie, Archie gets out of the will of God? Then what happens 
down the line to, to the grandbabies there. What happens to them? What happens to those he works with? What happens to his neighbors? It is imperative you know, that we, because here's what I want you to know. That when you're following Jesus, somebody else is not following Jesus right now. They're following you. Following you right now is as close to following Jesus as they're going to get for a while. That's a... (laughs) That's a staggering thought to remember. I may be trying to follow Jesus, but somebody's following me. They may call me daddy. They may call me pawpaw. They may call you boss. They may call you friend. But somebody is following you. Are you leading them to Jesus? Always faithful, alertly following, accurately focused, that our undivided attention is on Jesus Christ, not on anything else, but on Him. And then look as John wraps up this book. John says this. He says, This is the disciple bearing witness about these things, who has written these things, and we know his testimony is true. Now, there are many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them written, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Final thing. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you bear fruit. Four F's. You're always faithful. Always faithful. You're alertly following. You're accurately focused. And finally, you're actively fruitful. If you're following Jesus, you will bear fruit. Look what John says. John says, I write these things. I bear witness. I bear witness about these things. I'm writing these things so you'll know what Jesus did. Let me tell you about John. The Gospel of John, if you told me or most anyone else. If you said, I can only put a little bit of Bible in somebody's hand, I'd tell you, give them the God. If they're lost, a lost man, give them the Gospel of John. Give them the Gospel of John. John wrote to bear witness to Jesus Christ. He wanted his readers to know who Jesus was. He wanted them to see Jesus in all of His glory. He wanted them to see Jesus in all of His power. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we're going to bear fruit. If you're not, if we're not bearing fruit, are we following the question? The flip side: If we're not bearing, if we're not bearing fruit, then we must not be following Jesus. following Jesus. The question this morning as we come to the end of this gospel is this. Who are you following?
Who are you following? Who are you modeling? Who are you patterning your life after? Who are you trying to be like? Peter, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to always follow me. Not just when it's convenient. You're going to have to focus on what I want you to be. Don't worry about where anybody else is. And Peter, bear fruit. If you go on and you continue to read from the book of John, you continue to move to the right. And you pick up and you read in the book of Acts. You'll see that in just a few days... We see Peter preaching powerfully at Pentecost. We see thousands coming to know Jesus. History tells us that Peter was martyred for his faith. Tradition says that when they executed Peter, they were going to crucify him. And he refused to be crucified, begged them not to crucify him in the normal way because he didn't deserve to be crucified the same way as Jesus. He asked them to crucify him upside down. What we learn is that after this event, if you continue to read the book of Acts, you'll see that Peter was faithful. Peter was a follower. Peter was focused. Peter bore fruit. I disagree with their position. But there's a reason the Catholic Church elevates Peter so highly and thinks so much of him as the father of the church. Because Peter followed Jesus. He didn't always. Peter had his struggles. Peter had his moments. But the resurrection changed him. His interaction with the resurrected Jesus changed him. Has the resurrected Jesus changed you? I want to ask you to bow your heads as our musicians come this morning. Jesus, make me a follower. Make me a follower. You know, I've been traveling before. And if you ever traveled and paid much attention, many times as you, as you travel, as you go down the road, you'll see a couple cars, and you know they're linked up. They're following each other. You can tell by the way they're driving. You can tell by the way they maneuver. They're following. They're in a group. That's the way I want my life to be. When the world sees me, I want them to know he's trying his best to follow Jesus. He's faithful. He's focused. He's a follower. He's fruitful. This morning you're here and you say, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. But I also know I need to draw in a little closer. Follow a little closer. I want to invite you this morning to kneel where you are. You come to the front. Sit in your chair, whatever, and have a little conversation with God. Lord, help me to be focused. 
Help me to follow you even when it's inconvenient. Even when it's not where I want to go. Help me to follow you. You're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know Him personally. You're joining us online. Every journey starts with the first step. Journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. The first step this morning is asking Jesus Christ into your heart. Asking Him to save you. Asking Him to forgive you for your sins. To come in and be your Lord and Savior. You're here today, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are. You're online. You don't know Him personally. You don't know Him as your Savior. Would you take that first step today and come? Let me show you from God's Word how you can be saved. You're joining us online. Drop us an email, comment, call. I'd love to share with you how you can know Christ personally. Father, we thank you this morning for your Word. God, we pray, Lord, that you'll make us followers. God, that the world would see that we're following you. That they would know that there was something different. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll touch our hearts this morning. If there's one here, one online that doesn't know you as our Savior, God, today would be that first step. They would take that first step and ask you into their heart and become a follower of Jesus Christ. God, we pray that you'll have your will here this morning. We'll give you the honor for it all. For it's in Jesus' lovely name I pray. Amen.